It was on a winter afternoon that five young people, three boys and two girls, were out riding around in one of their vans. They stopped for gas, and when the driver of the van went inside to pay, he saw that the cash register was full of money. They continued their afternoon joy ride, but the driver of the van could not get his mind off all that money that he had seen in the cash register. How easy it would be to rob that gas station, he thought. And to test the others, he brought it up as a joke to them. And when no one seemed to object, they then devised a plan and they went back to the gas station. One of the boys had a gun with him, and so he went in, and while the other stayed in the van, he demanded money from the cash register. But when the clerk reached under the counter as if to reach for a gun, the boy shot him and then ran. That night, the mother of one of the girls heard her daughter crying in her room. And when the mother asked her what was wrong, the girl told her mother everything that had happened. They called the police, and she made a full statement about the robbery and the shooting. The other young people were arrested, and yet they said they knew nothing at all about the robbery. As the trial date drew closer, the girl's confession was the only evidence that the state's case had. The day before the case was to go to court, the girl told the prosecutor that she had not been telling the truth when she had confessed, and without her as a witness, the case collapsed. There were no witnesses to the crime who would testify. Christianity, likewise, has no case at all without witnesses. It is all circumstantial or theoretical without the hard evidence of witnesses. And so God calls his people to be witnesses. We see the prophet Isaiah's call to witness in today's Old Testament lesson. In fact, that is Israel's call as the people of God to witness for God to the world. And in the New Testament, the church is called to witness. In today's gospel, Jesus is preparing his disciples who have been eyewitnesses from the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, his teaching, his healing, and most importantly, witnesses to his resurrection from the dead after his crucifixion. He has made himself known to them after his resurrection in many, many ways. And they have walked with him, they have talked with him, they've touched him, they've eaten a meal with him. He is alive. And they are witnesses to this, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Throughout the 50 days between Easter and the day of Pentecost, Jesus is preparing his disciples to be his witnesses. Between Easter and Pentecost, Jesus has opened the scripture to them, to show them, to teach them, to prove to them how all that has happened, all that they have been witnesses to, has been a part of God's plan from the beginning. Jesus prepared his disciples in their Easter joy for a Pentecost mission. Somehow through the word of God, their minds were open to understand all that had happened. And it gave them power to testify to that which they had been witnesses. And we are still called to be witnesses 
for Christ today. We are still a church that has a Pentecost mission. We still have a message to share that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again, and that we have been offered forgiveness through his death and resurrection. We are witnesses to these things. And yet how many of us are like the girl in our opening story, afraid to be a witness? Maybe the world influences us to not be too religious, or we think that we might say the wrong thing or that we might insult somebody who thinks differently from us, or simply that we don't know if we really have anything we can witness to anyway. Do we really know that we are loved by God so much so that he gave his only son to die on the cross for our sin so that the whole world might be saved? Do we know that we are forgiven and that we are loved? Somebody once said that we in the church today have a decaffeinated Christianity, the kind that won't keep us up at night. If we don't witness to what we know, then the world might never know what we believe in, what we experience, the real presence of the living Christ in our lives right now. We find the presence of Christ in our sacraments. We find the presence of Christ in our reading of Scripture. And we find the presence of Christ in the body gathered. Wherever two or three gather in the name of Christ, He is there amongst us. But in today's gospel, we see the key to the disciples' understanding. It is in their reading and opening their minds to the Word of God, to Holy Scripture. God will use Scripture to open our hearts, to open our minds to His presence so that we can be His witnesses in the world. Perhaps we simply read Scripture for our own enlightenment, but it will also embolden us to not only understand the world around us and all that is happening in our world today, but it will enable us to witness to the world around us and to the things that are happening today. It is my belief and it is my experience that as we begin to use Holy Scripture to help us to understand the world, our hearts, our minds will be opened to the presence of Christ in the world. The same presence that we receive in the bread and wine of Holy Communion, the same presence we sense when we gather as the body of Christ, we will find as we read Holy Scripture and we will begin to see in the world around us, in our homes and where we work and where we play and where we live, that same presence of Christ, the living Christ with us. We have been given an Easter joy to help prepare us for a Pentecost mission. Eleven faint-hearted disciples and a handful of faithful women turned the world upside down by sharing the good news that they had experienced. Let God use His Word to open our hearts to recognize and to receive Him, to open our minds to understand His presence with us, that we are to be witnesses of that presence to the world. Amen.